Hi, welcome. I'm Lynette Louise, your host, and this is A New Spin on Autism, Answers. We take awareness one step further into conclusions that lead to answers. Today's show is going to be so fun and awesome. I'm very excited about it. I'm calling it Stand Up for Social Skills. Now, I know that sounds as if I mean, okay, everybody, gather together and stand up for the, for the art of social skills. Make sure that we all, you know, create an army and go out there and help autistic kids learn how to be social. But I don't mean that. I actually mean Stand Up Comedy for Social Skills. Okay. Now, I know I do stories from the road at the end of the show, but I want to start with a little story even at the beginning today. Um, Way back when I was raising all of my kids, uh, all on my own, I was trying to find a way to basically pay the bills. And one of the things that occurred to me was that I could do stand-up comedy, not because I was funny. Um, I wasn't, and not because I had a sense of humor, I didn't, Um, but because you could go at night onto a stage and do stand-up comedy and get home in time for your children to get them off to school in the morning. That was really my only reason. Uh, that and I wanted to be an actress, and trying to be an actress meant I had to go through the various uh, casting agents and, and you know try to get someone else to agree with me, whereas with stand-up, I could just go to an amateur night, jump on stage, and give it a shot. So when I first went there, I had... Uh, you know, okay, so I was a little bit different as a mom, and uh, in fact, so much so that I've written a show and a CD that accompanies it called Crazy to Sane, to preface this. So I thought, wow, I'm just going to do stand-up comedy. This will be fantastic. I don't have any friends at this point. I'm dragging eight kids around, six are adopted, four special needs on the spectrum of autism. And uh, so I'm going to support them this way, right? So I go in and I do... The very first time I do stand-up, I actually am involved in a big contest, and I win. And I'm like, wow, this is so easy. I am so friggin' brilliant. Cut to the next show. (laughs) When not a single person laughs. Worse than that, they stop making eye contact. They start looking at each other, sort of tapping on their faces. I can hear their thoughts. When will she leave the stage? And I thought, wow, there's a learning curve here. I didn't give up. I kept at it. And it began my journey from crazy to sane. When I first arrived to do stand-up comedy, I started talking with the other comedians. And what I discovered is they were all crazy, too. It was awesome. I felt like, whoa, I found my peeps. This is great. So, you know, I, there was a comfort zone out off the stage that I'd never had before that kept me coming back and kept me trying. I, I didn't uh, I didn't pay any bills doing stand-up, but I did begin to learn a great deal about social skills. So I, I, I know this is a, a kind of a long opening, but I wanted you to get a sense of why I've invited the guest uh, that I invited today, because I thought I was the only person that had this take on it. I thought I was the only one who was looking at stand-up comedy as a way of gaining these kinds of skills. And then I met uh, a wonderful comedian. He's been in the business about 10 years, and he's really, really funny. And we got talking, and he said that stand-up comedy had helped him so very much. And we got talking about it, and I realized that this wasn't unique to me, and maybe there's a reason it's all these crazy people that do stand-up comedy because we're all looking to heal ourselves. 
So before I get into uh, talking with my guests, I want to remind you that at the end, you have to stay with me because we're going to do stories from the road. I just like saying it like that. And um, and there'll be a giveaway at the end, so you got to hang in there with me. I want to welcome my guest. His name is TK. And as I said, he's been in the business about 10 years. He headlines at comedy clubs. He's been on TV shows like Best Damn Sports Show and Comics Unleashed. Unleashed sorry, I don't want to say it wrong. Comics Unleashed with Byron Allen. He's currently producing a television pilot and live shows with the Rebels of Comedy. TK, welcome and thank you for coming. I'm glad to be here, and I'm I just I'm you know I'm definitely here of my own free will. I, I, <laughs> I would like to say that these ropes are hurting my arms, and this blindfold's giving me a headache. Um, I'm kind of woozy from the drugs, but I'll be fine. It's, good, good. Well, you know, I had to keep you in your chair somehow while I did all of that trunk. rambling. I didn't, think that, I didn't think a bug had that kind of trunk space, but. You know, <laughs> I don't remember most of it. I just remember being at the bar, and here I am. Um, okay, funny guy. Let's start with a question. Let me ask okay. you a question, okay? Sure. Um, when you said to me that, mm-hmm. you know, that it helped you to do stand-up, it helped you heal in some way, what did, was it helping you heal from? What are you talking about? No. Um, <laughs> you said it. I haven't, I haven't yeah, recorded I mean, it's, it. It's, it's more than the fact that, you know, I was born with a, and they didn't know that for uh, a couple years, that I, I was born with a, a mild uh, case of, uh, cerebral palsy. I, I don't really even talk about it on stage because people don't believe me. Uh, the average person doesn't know, you know, can't tell. Somebody who's been trained in that can, can kind of see. But also, I ha- I was very withdrawn growing up uh, to a certain point. I was very introverted. I didn't have a lot of friends. Weight training and, and taking martial arts helped me, but stand-up was really the one that busted me out into a new direction. Uh, and just it just raised my self confidence to degrees I didn't think I'd ever be at. Yeah, that's you know? cool. And I realized I was good at it, so this it just it, it fed the fire. Okay, but I want to back up to the conversation we had that made me think about this and realize that there were so many people that were inside the stand up arena that were mm-hmm. actually being healed. Um, so I wouldn't downplay the CP. I think that's really fantastic. That I know, but I've tried bits about it, and people are like, what, what is he talking about? I don't, you know that, you know. Oh. I know. I've tried bits about, you know, having a sensory integration disorder, and they're all saying, well, I don't know, she's just nuts. But you still have to um, have, a, have a willingness to say, wow, I've come a long way. You can't, you can't look at me and see that I have cerebral palsy. My hand isn't up. I don't walk, like, with a huge crooked limp. You can't tell. So, so a lot of people think I'm making fun of the fact, oh, what are you talking about? That's you know, Right. No, so, I get it. I get yeah. it. totally get it. Um, I do want it for the people that don't know what cerebral palsy is. Do you want to tell them? Sure. Cerebral palsy is, uh, or cerebral palsy, uh, depending on what part of the country you're from, how you say it. Um, (laughs) uh, It it can happen. uh, uh, I was a breech birth. You can have it outside of being born. You can fall down. You can can develop that way. But uh, when I was born, uh, the doctor pinched my neck, bringing me out just slight enough to affect me a little bit. So affect the oxygen that got to the brain, yes. which then affected the brain's development. Um, I work with a lot of cerebral palsy people, so you're right. You have a very mild case, at least what I'm seeing, but that could be right. the work you've done. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, I, that's why I say I don't want you to downplay it, because I think part of the fact that you go and you do all this stand-up comedy, um, it's testament to how hard you work. You don't just go on stage and do stand-up comedy. You run rooms. Actually, explain what you do. Yeah, I produce shows in L.A. Um, uh, under the, the banner of Rebels of Comedy, um, where I give young comics an opportunity. Because when I came out to L.A., I find it very hard to get stage time. 
everybody wanted the tape from this place or that place. The, the tape I have from Dallas wasn't good enough. Or they didn't even want to look at it. They go, no, you need a tape from L.A. We need to see L.A. material. Uh, so I make it very easy. I ask the comics to help me self-promote, and I, I promote. And uh, besides working the road, you know, I, I do shows with young comics and also seasoned veterans, you know. Guys like Zach Galifianakis, Robin Williams have done my shows. Nick Swartzen does my shows quite a bit. You, you never know. And, and, and TK is very funny. I love his shows. Um, he's allowed me to go on stage a few times, so that's always good. I like that. That's fun. Yeah, you um, job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to remind everybody this is a new spin on autism, answers, and we get our answers from very interesting places. We take awareness one step further to create conclusions that lead to answers. I'm with TK. He's a comedian, been in uh, business for about 10 years. Uh, he's been on several TV shows. And we're talking about how stand-up comedy has helped his social skills and even his uh, social skills, by the way, come from your ability to be comfortable. They come from your brain's ability to be flexible and change from one state to another so that you can focus inward and then focus outward. You can receive information and then you can give information quickly. Um, so together we're talking about how stand-up comedy could possibly help a brain to heal so I'm going to take it back to you for a second and ask you, with that definition, how do you see stand-up comedy as helping? You mean in general or with me? Or? With you. Be with yourself. Uh, starting with myself, it's, it's, it's just, it's helped me in every avenue. I mean, it's, it's helped me being able to talk to people. And, you know, the thing with stand-up is you want to get to the joke, the punchline, as fast as possible. So in... Everything else I do in any of my writing, where I'm writing, you know, a TV pilot or I'm, I'm doing something else or writing, it, it makes you realize the keywords that work, keywords that don't work. And and you also, you learn how to, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say uh, uh, manipulate people at all. That's not what it's about. But Read them? It's, yes, that's a perfect word. Yes, read them. That, okay, so this yeah. is this is what, it was so funny when I first started. Um, I told you I did that first show, mm -hmm. um, and I did so great because I've written it all down, and I practiced, 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 you know, and I was really on. And then the next show, what I did was I thought, well, let's just cut to the punchline like you're talking about. Let's get to that punchline faster. But I didn't do the setup. Like, literally. Right. I just, yeah, I just went on stage. It doesn't really go, do any good to go, the horse. No joke, right? Yeah. So, and I really had to learn that communication was, I had to start with a very basic part of communication. First the setup, then the punchline. And why does this energy work with this group? And why does this energy work with that group? Um, can you speak to some of that, you know, how it's affected your life? Yeah, you know, if you're good, the audience will ship, you know. However, if you're one comic and you're doing his type of storytelling and then you switch the audience disassociates most of the time they're like well, wait a minute you were just doing comedy like now and now you're doing it it's weird but if it's two different people then they're okay they're okay because for them they have to i i guess they have to just like take a breath okay you know? so don't you think these kind of subtleties are the type of things that someone would have to learn that has a brain disorder like what is the subtlety about social skills. Why is it that when I'm talking to this group of friends, they're listening to me and that group of friends, they're not? Or why is it that um, 
I spoke up in that moment thinking I was brilliant and nobody else thought so and they and they all just looked at me like I was completely off the wall. Don't you think that so stand up gives you some of those skills and an opportunity to practice where nobody's talking back? Seriously, this blindfold is really giving me a headache. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, because as stand up comics we know this this works, this works, this works when I do this. I can't do this because if I do this it's not gonna work. The audience is just the audience. They just know. We're connected or we're not connected. Well, you know that now, but you must have at some beginning point, certainly at my oh. beginning point, I didn't know any of this. I mean, I remember, okay, so I met Howie Mandel years back, and uh, I was just starting out, and I, I don't have any boundaries at this point. At this point, I'm just thinking, I'm going to be famous and raise my kid and kids in style, and he's got this show going on, and we're backstage, and I'm like, oh, wow, I get to go backstage at a big Howie Mandel show. He's crazy, too. This is great. We're all just crazy together. And uh, and so the guys say, oh, look, we ought to do a practical joke on him. So I whip off my top, and I walk across the stage really slowly. He has no idea this is going on behind him. And I get halfway across the stage, and everyone's hooting and hollering, and I realize, oh, dear, I'm at the punchline, and I forgot to create a setup. And again, I find myself going, wow, what is this whole thing about? What is relationships about? Why am I doing this? And yeah. in stand-up and in dealing with audiences and in dealing with the other people, there was never before that an arena where I could practice, make a fool of myself, make mistakes, right. be accepted anyway, and be allowed to try again without it hurting me in some way. Now I've told a story, I'll probably, that's it. <laughs> All the moms right. have turned it off. But seriously, I mean, it's an arena that's been exciting for me that way. So I want a story from your, oh, come on, I just gave a confession. So I want something from your starting days. From my starting days, oh my God. Um, I remember the first time I got on stage, I was so... I was, it, it took me, uh, I listened to Eddie Murphy's Delirious for like eight, eight weeks in a row. And I always wanted to do stand up. It, it was a dream of mine. And, and I was in Dallas and they had the comedy corner and, uh, it took me eight weeks to finally, like eight weeks. I was going to, I got in my car and started driving and never got there. Like I was like <laughs> probably about four weeks where I'd start to drive and under open mic, four open mics that I would just turn back. I'd like... And one time I went and didn't, didn't get up. Like, I was getting further, you know. It started by just getting in my car, not turning the car on, getting back out. Finally, I got there. I didn't get go up. I was too nervous. And then finally, I was like, no, I got to do this. I got to go. And I signed up. And I was like, Ugh, you know. And I just remember that um, I got a few laughs, but my leg was shaking so bad that I had to sit down. Because on stage, you could clearly see my leg shaking, you know. But I did well enough. They told me to come back on a, on, a, on a showcase night, and I moved very quickly. I did very well, but then kind of got an attitude, and, uh, like, I was getting paid before guys had been doing it longer than me, and got that kind of attitude, and God just beat me down. I had, like, <laughs> four bad shows back-to-back, -back and I was – I remember I was on stage at the Improv, and I go um, – what else should I do? And this guy was like, get off stage, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to. And uh, this guy named Dave Little was the host. And I go, good night, everybody. Uh, my name's Dave Little. And he ran up, no, I'm Dave Little. You're not Dave Little. I'm Dave Little. That's TK. TK, the terrible comic. I'm Dave Little. <laughs> okay, see? Yeah. Oh. All right, so then... Yeah. You, you went through that learning curve, and yeah. you started running rooms. Well, no, I was crying myself in a fetal position between <laughs> running rooms. That was in Dallas. I found it was very political when I first came out here. Like, you had to know people. You had to be in a clique. 
you had to do this, you had to kiss up to people, and I was like, I'm not that guy. Right. I'm just going to start a room and, and try to do a little bit differently. Right. I actually did a similar thing in Toronto when I was trying to learn the skill. Uh, not for the reason you did, but because I wanted to get better at it. And nobody right. would let me on the stage. Right. <laughs> the, she's the girl with only punchlines. So, um, you know, I started doing that for a little bit. And then I came here. And I was surprised because here it's quite a phenomenon. People have to bring their own audience and whatnot. Yeah, in New York, too. New York and L.A., it's it, it's self-promotion rooms, but it's called bringer rooms. There's so many shows going on. Absolutely, 100 shows going on. I get why. I understand that there's a a competitiveness here, but I want to flip this back over to the social skill issue um, because I did, when I first, you know, started thinking about working with autism and and helping kids uh, via the Uh stand-up, I mean, it's a great opportunity to be able to practice how you speak, how you modulate your voice. So I looked it up to see if other people were helping kids via stand-up, you know, social skill teaching for autism. And actually it exists. I didn't know that, really. Yeah, I was surprised myself, and I thought, wow, that's fantastic that people realize it. But I looked more deeply into it, and unfortunately, much like the bringer room Mm -hmm. that that you run, what happens is the kids go and they learn, but they have family there or they have friends there. And so... It's, it's wonderful at its beginning place to right. go on stage just to feel comfortable enough to speak is, is a big deal. But there's a problem out in the world in working with autism that I see, which is we don't raise the bar enough. And so we get these kids in there and we, you know, get them to go on stage and we get them to do a couple of jokes, but their whole family's there and everybody's laughing. And so then the child thinks that they're actually learning a skill that they're not learning. So no, I that's, want, that's yes, because, okay, so talk about that for a second. What's the difference when you do an audience of people that um, are all strangers versus an audience of people where you've brought a, a huge number to support Well, if, if, if you're not, if you're dealing outside of autism, it's a little bit different. I got to remember if there's 50 people in the audience, there's 45 people that don't know me. And because I'm a regular guy, they're not going to give me the love that they would give you know, oh, my child has autism, but so does this child. So let's give him all the love. Right. You know, right. it's it's like if you're playing the same room and all you ever do is go up or right, let's let's uh, I'll give you the best example. A child with autism going up in front of a bunch of people that are parents of autism. It's like you doing stand up comedy in your living room with nobody there ever. And you're like, I'm a stand up comic. Right. It's like, <laughs> But there's no, you don't know what's going to work or you think it's going to work because, no, that's funny. But there's so many times I've gone on stage and go, this is going to be the material that makes the mark. And it's not. And then I'll say, you know, I've got this throwaway line that's just, and it kills like beyond my expectations. Like sometimes you think you know and you don't. So, right. right. I, so. With the autism, yeah, you, it's. You, you got to raise the bar. And I totally get yes. bringing in a bunch of people to support the child and help them. At for, but right. yeah, no matter what you're teaching um, with anybody, you got to raise the bar. If the bar doesn't keep getting raised, we kind of get bored. Right. You know, and we just perpetuate our own issues. Um, I want to thank you so much, TK. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you before I give you a chance to plug whatever you want to plug. Right. Um, do you remember when you first brought this up when we were talking about how stand-up had helped you and made you better? And we were, you said mm-hmm. that you had, were having a conversation with another comedian. You don't have to name names if you're not comfortable, but, um, you know, I talked about Howie Mandel. So <laughs> do you remember the conversation you were I know. I was actually going to talk about that. And, 
the comic uh, who uh, I don't want to mention his name, Dean Wolf. Um, <laughs> no, because he talked about it. He's great. I mean, Dean has written for the Late Late Show. He went on tour with Robin Williams, and we were. He's a brilliant stand-up. He's in uh, the the Men's Club Comedy Tour with me, and Chris Edgley from The Simpsons, and Dean Napolitano, who's on Heroes, and we're. We shot a TV special that we're uh, plug plug that we're uh, <laughs> trying to pitch with uh, Hugh Fink from SNL. Um, he's going to help us out. Um, we were at the Improv and we were hanging out in the uh, foyer with his wife, and we were talking about stuff. And he said, "You know, I I have uh, I I used to have really bad OCD." And I go, "What do you mean, like really bad?" He goes, and she, his wife, is probably she goes. I'm going to stop you. OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay, go on. Yes, uh, and his wife goes, "Oh no, it was terrible." I go, "How bad?" He goes, "Oh, you know, uh, I used to have to take four or five showers a day." I go, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, I used to wash my hands probably twenty times a day, I brush my teeth like eight or nine times." And she goes, "He goes, it would be right after whatever thing I did, whether it was sex or whatever it was, I had to go take a shower. It, it didn't matter what it, what it was." You know, mm. you know, I put gas in the car. I got to go take a shower, you know, and, he, and I said, what helped you? And he said, stand up. And I said, really? Mean? He goes, yeah, you know, because you start to, and you mentioned this, you focus that energy in a more positive direction and boom, it, it, it starts to work. Right. You know, and all the, and all the weights on the moment. And so you learn how to do that and how to focus that hard and, and stretch yourself and handle it. And yeah. It's, it's and I'm a little cool. OCD, but I've, I've noticed because I think your mind works in certain patterns when you break those patterns. In positive, in positive ways that create reinforcement of, yeah, this is why I should break this pattern. I know another comedian who um, I remember saying to him, I heard that oh, you no. were, um, you know, the, that you're autistic. And he, you know, this comedian that I'm not going to name, Norm MacDonald, said, yeah. uh, not anymore. <laughs> so there you go. I used your joke. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, so there's lots of us. And uh, yeah. it's really cool. It's really it's a cool way to embrace your demons, so to speak. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me do a very creative approach to a show about autism. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that you want to hammer home? As uh, far as yeah, I've got my new website. Uh, it's tkcomedy.com. It talks about all my shows, including where I'm going on the road. Uh, it'll talk a little bit about the, the television on pilot uh, pilot I'm producing with Chris Moss. With Brian Callen from The Hangovers in it, uh, and a, a lot of other actors, you think. Uh, Richard Tyson from 3 O'Clock High, he played Buddy Ravel. He was in The Bad Guy in Kindergarten Cop. He's in it, and we're producing that, and we're getting that ready. And uh, just really, tkcomedy.com has all my information. Fantastic. So I want you to go to tkcomedy.com. And if you do show up at one of his shows, it's very important that he knows that some of it came from here. So you throw your hand up, and you go, what about the CP there, TK? Let's see if we can get him to work out yeah, some let's, material. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> right when I have industry in the room, I'm about to, right to do my punchline and my big closer. Yeah, do it then. No, yeah, but yeah. He, he yeah. gave you instructions. You know when to do it. Yeah. No, seriously. Thank you so much for being willing to share this with us. I really seriously, appreciate it. Seriously, these ropes it. are hurting my arms. Okay. Uh, All right. We're letting you go. We're letting yeah, you go. It's awesome. Thank you, Lynette. I had a great time. This is awesome. Thank you. Oh. You're doing good work, too. i got to tell you. You've, you've, you've helped me on some stuff, too. So well, the work welcome. you've done has been great. You're welcome. All right, thank you for coming. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, so this is Lynette Louise. This is, uh, or I'm Lynette Louise. That was TK. Once again, your website? TKComedy.com. Okay. We are uh, a new spin on autism, answers. And as you can see, our answers come from all kinds of perspectives. Uh, We take awareness one step farther here. 
into conclusions that lead to answers. I promised you stories from the road. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you I'll for the stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here's my story. Shh. You're supposed to not be here now. Uh, okay, so here's my story. And it's really neat because TK kind of mentioned it when he um, said that it would be like doing stand-up all by yourself. If you don't raise the bar and start having somebody move to the next level, dealing with um, strangers or not quite best friends in the audience. And so my son, um, uh, my son who's now 26, I started helping him and you know, integrate into society. He'd done really, really well. Um, there's lots, you know, there's clips about him and stuff online. But one of the stories that I want to tell you is that I thought stand-up comedy would be a good fit for him. And so I'm, I'm all pumped on this. You know, I'm going to teach him his social skills. I'm going to help him to figure out how to work with people. And, um, and so we're on the phone. He has his own apartment at this point, but he's still a real loner and kind of the quirky guy in town. He's kind of in the weird zone at this point. So I figure he's perfect, you know. Um, and so he phones and he says, well, how about this joke? And I'm like, well, if you shape it this way, it'll work better. And so we write this whole routine together. And then he decides he's going to um, put it on tape and put it on YouTube because he's a little nervous about going up in front of people. So he sets up his apartment and he's got a brick wall so he makes it look like he's in a club and he sets up his own video camera and he starts doing this routine. And what's really cool is even though there was nobody there, he was there. Because he was trying to tape it, he would tape it and then he would watch it and we'd realize it didn't work. And he'd realize why it didn't work. And he'd see himself stumble or he'd see himself ruin the joke. So then he'd tape it again. And then he'd tape it again. He was so self-motivated on this. It was just phenomenal. Finally, and I'm, I'm not aware of this part. I just know I've helped him to create these jokes and he's going to come visit me and go on stage with me. So finally, um, he gets what he thinks is good. It's, by the way, on YouTube. Uh, it's called Autism Man. And uh, he, they're all jokes about him and his autism. And uh, so he, he brings it to me and he shows it to me. And it's freaking hilarious. Like, it's so funny. I am so impressed. It's just amazing. So I think, wow, this is the next step is to take him in front of an audience. And I'm like, this is going to be great. You have a career here, right? I'm going to help you through. So um, I go to a, a – I don't want to go to a straight open mic night because I figure these are going to, you know, be tough on him. Um, so I take him to like a cabaret open mic where somebody doing stand-up is kind of a special something. Plus I can go on first. So I go on first and I make up a song about, you know, Rye Rye, the used to be autistic guy. And I'm singing around. I'm getting the whole audience pumped. And I'm just like, I got some piano player. I said, just keep doing chords. I'll do the rest. Right. So I got everybody ready. Rye, Rye, Rye. And he comes up and he does the first three jokes and they really fly because, you know, you when an audience is hot and ready, they're ready, and on they laugh easy. But then, you know, they sort of stop laughing, and then they get quieter and even quieter. And then finally his set's over, and he gets off, and I jump up, and I pump them up again so they'll at least give him a big applause as he leaves. And we're going home, and I'm like, okay, so what do you think? And he goes, well... I just think I'll do it in my living room. <laughs> so that's my story from the road for the day. Um, the important thing here, the answer here in relation to autism, 
is that you have to take every lesson and adapt it to the person. Truth is, even though he ended up just doing it in his living room, the very act of having to shape these jokes and of caring about how it looked when he taped himself worked for him. He's now what I would say, call off the spectrum. He doesn't meet the triad of symptoms. He lives on his own. He's happy. He's got friends. And he's, um, well, I'm just really proud of him. And stand-up was a piece of that. So remember, when you learn about something to help your child with, you must not feel like whatever you read has to be done exactly. It has to be done in accordance with that child or adult um, and what they bring to the table. In his case, it was his little camcorder, his brick wall, and his uh, perseverance at trying to see himself in a new way via the video. Um, so it was awesome. Um, I promised to give away uh, in the in the light of the fact that we're talking about stand-up and bringing comedy to going from crazy to sane. Um, I wrote a show, and I have a CD that's called Crazy to Sane, and in fact, our theme music, Spinning in Circles, is from that CD. And I will give away the... I will give 10 for free to anybody who emails me. Now, last week, I said uh, to email me at my website, and there seems to be a problem. So I'm going to have you to go to Facebook. Lynette Louise on Facebook and email me, not on the comment bar. You can comment all you like, but to get the free CD, do the actual message and inside it put social skills for stand up. All right. And the first 10 people get a free CD. It's a really funny, uh, the music's good. The stories are good and you'll learn all about how to go from crazy to sane. All right. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Lynette Louise. TK was our uh, guest of the day. And next week, we're going to do the gift of graduation. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. <laughs>